Well, hey friends, we really are grateful that you're here as we begin a new worship series called Worth It, where we're looking in the book of Philippians that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and we're hoping it will give us great encouragement and energy to serve Jesus because we know that it's worth it. Hey, we're glad you're here as well, and so remember to check in. That always helps us to know not only that you're here, but it helps connect us with you. We've got a new QR code on the screen as well, so if you wanna just uh, connect with the QR code, that'll be a great way to sign in too. But know that the app always has notes and messages uh, information, so I hope you'll do that for us. Well, friends, it really is worth it. Have you ever discovered that? Maybe you discovered it when I did. I was a young adult when I realized, golly, there are certain things that I just need to do that really are worth it. You've got stuff in your own life, right? Whether it was driver's ed, golly, I gotta do this, but it'll help me drive, it'll help me have a car. Or maybe it was college for you that you realized that, uh, man, I, I need to put in the work, it will really be worth it to help me out in the future or uh, to take care of things, right? Remember as a teenager, uh, I was in the scouting program. I'm a big advocate of scouting and realize that it's a good program and I happen to be an Eagle Scout. And about age 16 in the scouting program, uh, back in the day, I began to realize, um, golly, there's other things pulling at my time. I wanna get the rank of Eagle Scout. I wanna put in the work, but there's stuff like, I don't know, girls and cars and um, athletics and all the other things that were pulling on my time. And so I had to kind of consider what, what is worth it? Can I do this? Should I do this? And I remember there was a girl named Kay she eventually became my wife. Now we weren't dating at the time, we were just good buds in church youth group and at school and student government, but Kay said to me one day, don't waste this, don't let this go, do the work. Because you know, I was about to turn 18, I still had my project left and I, I didn't know if, I, if it was worth it, I didn't know if I needed to do it or not, but Kay reminded me it was worth it. And golly, here I am, 35, almost 40 years later, and I can honestly tell you it was worth it for me to put in all that energy, all that effort to make it happen. I can't tell you the number of times I've reflected on that and what I learned by earning the rank of Eagle Scout. All kinds of things, relationships, the capacity to do things, leadership, character, all of those things that really are important to all of us that we don't always have the opportunity to learn. But when I determined as a teenager, this really is worth it, it made all the difference for me. And I know for anybody else who does those things that they know are worth it, it helps you, it strengthens you, it gets commitment for the future as well. Now we've probably learned some things that aren't worth it, right? I mean, I think over the last couple of years, we've realized, man, it's not worth it at all to try to enter into a political conversation online. That is no fun, is it? or to uh, share our personal opinions, even on social media sometimes can cause all kinds of things to come in on us, right? There are just certain things that really aren't worth it. Learned as a young adult that, golly, it's probably not worth it to imbibe on lots of alcohol in a short amount of time. We learn these things when we're younger, right? But then there are certain things that really are worth it. It's worth it to have the courage to overcome a fear that we might have. It's worth it to overcome an addiction that we might have. It's worth it in a marriage to recognize the hard work that it takes to make it work, right? There are just certain things that are worth it. What I wanna share with you, what I believe and I hope you believe is, it's worth it to follow Jesus. It's worth it to put in the energy and the effort that faith often takes 
to help us know that that relationship with Jesus is not only important for us, but it's really, when well-lived, important for other people. Yes, there will be struggles. Yes, there will be challenges. Yes, there will be times when we feel as though it may not be worth it. But man, you can always know that when you love Jesus, certainly because He's loved us, it's worth it because there's the joy and the abundance. There's the wonderful connection that we make both with Him and with other people. It is a powerful gift. Well, friends, that's what we want to talk about over these next several weeks in the month of June when we look at Paul's letter to the church at Philippi because Paul writes this letter in order to help the Philippians recognize how worth it it is to be a follower of Jesus. So let's look at the book just uh, quickly, and then we'll look at chapter one. So where is Philippi? Well, let me tell you. Philippi uh, was in the region known as Macedonia during biblical times, but that's what we now recognize as modern-day Greece. That would be far northeast Greece, right? Right near uh, Turkey as well. But Philippi was a thriving metropolis. It was an amazing community. It was an east-west thoroughfare across the European and Asian continent. It was uh, a thriving business community as well. Now, on Paul's second missionary journey, Philippi becomes a phenomenal outpost for him. It literally becomes, we're told in Acts chapter 16, the first church on the European continent for Paul to establish. So it's an early church, right? Not only is it his first church, but Acts chapter 16 tells us, I want to encourage you today or tomorrow, go read Acts chapter 16. Because in that chapter, you, we discover not only is this Paul's first church on the European continent, it's the first place he has a convert to the Christian faith. It's the first place he has a baptism. It's the first place he, Paul, is imprisoned. Go read Acts chapter 16. It's a powerful testament to Paul and his faithfulness and his willingness to risk for the gospel. What we know now is that Paul was likely writing this letter back to the church at Philippi in prison. He's likely in prison in Rome. It's probably in and around 62 AD. And Paul's writing roughly a decade after he established the church. And like any organization, certainly a church, after about a decade, people begin to wonder, golly, is this worth it? There's all kinds of challenges. There's all kinds of things we're pushing up against. Uh, we push up against the culture. We push up against the Roman Empire. We push up against even people in our own church that we don't agree with, right? And so Paul is writing back to the church at Philippi to say, hey, friends, it really is worth it. I want you to hang in there. I want you to recognize that, yes, there's going to be some work. There's going to be some challenges. But I also want you to know, man, when we follow Christ, there is an amazing blessing. There is a powerful gift. There was a wonderful opportunity to know and experience life. So when we look in chapter 1 of Philippians, we begin to hear Paul's encouragement because that's how he always starts his letters. He starts with, hey, friends, good to see you. Glad we have this community of faith. I want to share with you my thoughts and ideas. And one of my favorite verses from the book of Philippians comes in the first chapter. It's actually verse 6, and I love the way it reads. It simply says, I am confident of this, that the God who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Now, anybody who's been in our confirmation program here at Treach over the last 15 years or so 
recognizes that verse. Whether you came up in confirmation or you were an adult volunteering and helping out with confirmation, you know this verse. We share it with the confirmants to remind them that the God who began work in their lives from the very day of their birth will continue to work a good work in their lives and help them understand Jesus throughout the rest of their lives. Part of what we say to the confirmation uh, class is, God started long before you ever arrived at this point, and God will continue to work in your life for the rest of your life. The God who began a good work in you is going to bring it to full completion. Friends, that's what Paul was saying to the Philippians too. When I was there with you some 10 years ago, Paul would basically be saying, I, God began a good work here. God started to raise up these followers and God helped you to establish this church and to reach more people for the gospel of Christ. I want you to know, Philippians, the God who began that good work, that God's going to keep going. That God's going to give you strength and that God's going to lift you up and that God's going to help you out. That God's going to keep going for you and with you. And a part of what I glean from all that is, I, I think there's kind of a twofold way to look at what Paul is saying here. I think Paul is saying first, man, God's working on your behalf. God's working for you and God's helping you and God's going to share with you all that you need to be faithful in Christ. But I think Paul is also saying we have to be willing to allow God to work, right? I mean, God can do all kinds of great things on God's own self, right? But God can't do anything in our hearts unless we receive God, unless we receive God's message, unless we receive what it is God has for us. And so part of what Paul's saying is, look, God started such a good thing 10 years ago or so here in Philippi. And I want you to know you can keep on hanging on, hanging in there, hanging in with Jesus, because God who started this good work is going to keep doing that. Friends, I believe that's true now. It's true for you. It's true for us as a community of faith. It's true for our faith and Christianity across the globe. God started a good work years and years ago in Jesus. And God's going to make sure that keeps going and God can be trusted in all of this. I love that concept. Well, Paul wasn't done in chapter one. Paul wanted to, to help them see that there, there's a part of us that needs to take ownership and responsibility as well. Not only is the God who began a good work in you going to continue to do that for you, but you as a follower of Jesus need to do something about that. So here's what Paul says later in the chapter, beginning in verse 27. He says this, only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For He has graciously granted you the privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for Him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Now friends, this is Paul writing from prison. Paul is chained, he's locked up, He's likely been beaten. Again, read Acts chapter 16 about his imprisonment at Philippi. He's writing now from Rome. So he's imprisoned at least twice. And he's writing about living a life worthy of the gospel, expressing to the Philippians how important this is. And I think to myself, wow, what might it look like or be like to be worthy of the gospel? 
That's a powerful phrase, isn't it? And I then begin to wonder, God, uh, am I worthy? I mean, that's the whole point of Jesus, right? We, we really aren't worthy. We don't deserve God's love. But that's where grace comes in, right? This is the powerful gift of God's love, that God loves us, even though we don't deserve it, that Jesus died on the cross because God loves us enough to offer that precious gift. We can't earn it. We can't merit it. It is God's amazing grace. We're not worthy. So what's Paul saying then? Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. I wonder if he were writing today, if Paul might not put it just a little differently. I wonder if Paul might actually be saying, live a life that represents Jesus well. Live a life that um, inspires others to encounter Him. Live a life that helps others recognize His richness and His goodness, right? Live a life that represents Jesus well. And Paul would say this in several of his letters. He would actually give us pretty clear instruction about what this live a life worthy of Christ looks like. I reflect on Ephesians, for instance. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says it this way, Therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you receive from God. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love. There's that worthy phrase again. And that worthy phrase, I believe, simply means represent Jesus well. Live the way Christ would want you to live. Now that you've accepted Him, now that you've received His grace, offer that to others by being humble and meek and compassionate. When Paul would write to the church at Colossae in Colossians chapter 3, he used a different metaphor, but the same language. He talked about, since God's chosen you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves. Put this stuff on. Wear it, right? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wear it as if it makes the person, right? We use that phrase all the time, the clothes make the person. Help this clothing to become a part of our lives. When Paul would write uh, another letter, he would simply say to the Galatians what you and I know as the fruit of the Spirit. And he would identify it this way. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, I think this is the worthiness that Paul is talking about. This is what represents Christ well. And Paul is simply saying to the Philippians, just like he's saying to you and me now, represent Jesus well. Live a life that helps emulate who He was so that others will see in you Jesus. Because that's what we're called to do. And it's tough, isn't it? It's hard. Particularly when we face things like sort of the angriness that the news cycles can create in us, right? And we want to point fingers and we want to jab other people and we want to tell folks how wrong they are. None of that's humble or kind or compassionate, but it's the way we often feel, isn't it? Or when somebody comes at us with their own conflicts or with their own problems or with the way they think we're doing something wrong, our natural inclination is to snap back, right? Is to, is to sort of go at them, but that doesn't represent Jesus well, and that's not worthy of the gospel Paul would say over and over, we will be known by the way we live. He would use that metaphor of the fruit or the metaphor of being worthy. And what Paul is recognizing for all of us is 
man, we've got to do this well. Because when we as followers of Jesus don't do it well, guess what happens? People look down on Jesus. They look down on the church. And ultimately, they look down on us. And that's not worthy of the gospel, friends. So it becomes incumbent on us, and Paul is telling us through the Philippian church, let's do this well. And I love the way he put it. In the very next verse, he says, so whether you ever see me again, whether I see your behavior or not, do this well. And I think Paul meant two very clear things there. One was, golly, I may never get out of prison and I may never come back to Philippi. So whether you see me or not, do this. But I think he's always saying like a good parent or a good coach, hey, whether I can see your actions or not, whether uh, anybody else is around, do this. That's called character, right? Character is about doing the right thing, whether people see it or not, right? Character is about being sure that I'm the same wherever I am or whoever I'm with, right? And Paul is simply acknowledging, friends, this is what's worthy of the gospel. And he wants the Philippians to know, just like he wants you and me to know, you can do this. You can make this possible. This is worthy. And then I love what he finally said, and it's a challenge. In fact, I think among everything Paul says right here in chapter 1, this is the biggest challenge. He says, you're called not only to believe, profess faith in Jesus, follow Jesus. You're called not only to believe, but to suffer. Ooh, I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to read that. Did you? I'm not sure that when I first began to follow Jesus that I had to recognize or understood to follow Jesus means both believe in Him, and suffer for Him. And of course, that's what Paul was doing. He was in prison. It's what some of the Philippians were doing when they had to bump up against the culture of the day or the government of the day or the people of the day, right? Well, friends, suffering doesn't literally mean you got to go to jail, though Paul did, and several of the other disciples did too. But what suffering can mean is that we have to place ourselves second, that we have to place ourselves behind Jesus, that He represents us, and likewise we represent Him. Paul would put it this way when he wrote yet again to another community of faith called the Thessalonians. And he says this in 1 Thessalonians, um, quite literally, you know how badly we have been treated at Philippi. He's referencing back to his time there. Just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare His good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. Friends, Paul obviously is a man after God's own heart. He's a man who wants you to know how important faithfulness is. But he also wants you to know it's worth the endeavor. It's worth it. So, you know, sometimes suffering quite literally means I, I might get persecuted or I might get sort of put down or made fun of. But suffering might also be as simple as I don't do every single thing I want to do because it might hinder me from my relationship with Jesus. Or I might not get to receive everything that I want to receive because it might prevent me from fully engaging in a relationship with Jesus. I don't know what it means for you, but... What I know is that to be worthy of the gospel, to represent Jesus well, it means that I've got to put myself behind my Savior. It means that I've got to give my life over to the Lord. 
it means that I have to take second place. You know, there was this great movement several years ago, golly, more than a decade ago, called I Am Second. And all it simply meant was Jesus is first and I am second. That's what Paul's trying to tell us when he's talking about making our lives worthy of the gospel. Friends, I know that your life can be worthy. I know that you want to represent Christ well. And I know that we can, not only because Paul tells us we can and challenges us to do it, but because Christ makes it possible. The love of Jesus in your life gives you strength. The powerful grace and good news that Jesus is alive even today gives us the strength to know we can do this. And we can do it because of what Paul said at the very beginning. The God who began a good work in you, that God's going to finish the job. Here's the good news, friends. God's not done with you yet. God wants to do amazing things in and through you. And what I want to challenge you to believe is that it's worth it. It's worth every effort, every energy, every opportunity to represent Jesus well through meekness and humility, through kindness and compassion, through generosity and faithfulness and self-control, through all of those clothes that Paul described. Friends, it's worth it. I believe that. I hope you do too. And I look forward in the weeks that lie ahead to receiving the good news that you have represented Jesus well and that you've helped other people to see Him in and through you. Thanks be to God for that powerful gift. Will you pray with me? Holy and blessed God, thank you for the gift of Jesus, for the reminder from Paul that Jesus really is worth it and that following Him as best we can day in and day out and representing Him well, it's worth it. God, sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it doesn't always make sense. Sometimes, God, it feels hard. But what I've come to believe and experience in my own life, God, I pray others do too. It's worth it. It will make such a big difference in who we are and how the world can be if we will follow Jesus well and make our lives worthy of the gospel. God, thank you for the courage to do it and thank you for the blessings of the opportunity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey friends, I can't tell you how grateful I am for the amazing generosity you offer in the life of this church. You know, you can always make your gift by texting the letters TMUMC to the number 45777, or now you can go to the QR code that's on the screen. Just take that shot and you go directly to the website. Hey friends, whatever you give, we're grateful, and we certainly want you to know through your giving, you are making a powerful difference in the world. Thanks be to God.